Come on, Red Rocks Church at all of our locations. Can you make some noise if you're excited to be at church? You can stay standing just because I don't want you to get too comfy. We got an amazing weekend in store. Um, Part of the fun of doing this whole Jesus thing, this whole Christianity thing, is the fact that we get to come into a place like this, wherever you're watching from, online, at any of our locations, we get to come into a space like this with a heart of expectation that God is going to do something. He promises it. His word says that for those of us that diligently seek him, that there is indeed a reward. And so if you came in here diligently seeking him, creating space on a Saturday night, on a Sunday morning, his word promises that he's going to reward you. He's going to be there. He's going to teach you. He's going to encourage your heart. So I hope that you came in here with some expectation. If you didn't, I promise you that somebody to your right or to your left has some expectation that you can borrow. So you might want to make sure that you're sitting next to somebody good. But we got an amazing service planned. Um, Sean Johnson, our lead pastor, and his beautiful wife, Jill, they were planning to be here to announce our our, our guest speaker this weekend. And um, if you know Sean... One of the worst things in the world happened to him today. He, he's a little bit claustrophobic and he got stuck on a runway for a couple hours today, just sitting in his hot, sweaty airplane, trying to get from Chicago to here. So he sends his love. Um, they can't be here um, this weekend, but, but he said, hey, make sure when you're up there, you let them know. He, he's gonna be finishing up part two of his, of his sermon from last weekend called Fight Week. So if you know anybody right now that's in a time of their life that feels like it is a struggle, feels like it's a battle, they feel like they're fighting their way through life, I want to encourage you, get them to church next weekend because he's going to be preaching a word that I promise you is going to challenge your heart, encourage our heart. So so come next weekend with some expectation. But this weekend, we got a, a great treat. If you've been here for a while, you know we don't really bring in a whole, whole bunch of guest speakers. So when we do bring them in, when Sean, our, our lead pastor says, I want to bring this voice into this space, my prayer is that you lean in with a heart of expectation um, because this is a voice that our, our pastor is saying, you got to lean in. you got to listen to what he's got to say, uh, what God has to say through him. And so w- what I want to encourage you to do at all of our locations, can you do me an absolute favor? And across all of our locations, can you put your hands together? Can you make some noise? Can you welcome all the way from Hillsong, New York, our good friend and pastor, Todd Cruz? Come on, Red Rocks. If you love Jesus, make a little bit of noise. So good. Stay standing for one quick second. Are you excited to be in church Saturday, 6 p.m.? Incredible. Listen, do you like who you're standing next to? Can they sing really well? Don't lie in church. Listen, really quickly, I just want to take a moment and just thank Pastor Sean and Jill. And I won't belabor you with all the details, but the long story short is, you know, they came into my life about three or four years ago and honestly just had a profound impact on me and my marriage and my life, my leadership. And they're just those type of friends that when you need advice, they give it. When you need encouragement, they give it. When you need finances, they give it. They're just 
an amazing couple. And I know that you know that because they're your pastors, but I really believe that Red Rocks Church is just getting started. And I believe that you guys have phenomenal pastors. Come on, can you put your hands together for Sean and Jill Johnson? They're amazing. They're amazing. Listen, really quickly, before you sit down, I want you to high-five the three best-looking people in your area really quick. Come on. Be selective. Be selective. Incredible. One more time, if you're feeling good to be in church, make a little bit of noise if you're excited. Come on. Amazing. Amazing. Well, listen, my name is Todd, and I flew in from New York City this afternoon, the concrete jungle. And man, I got off the plane. I never seen so much nature in my entire life. I was just like, ah, this fresh air is going to kill me. You know, it's just amazing here in Denver. I love it. And uh, I'm pumped to be here at Red Rocks Church. And I wish that my wife and children were here, but they're not here. So I'd love to show you a picture. Is that okay? Is that cool? Okay, let me show you a picture of my family really quick. These are my kiddos. And I have a four-year-old girl named Zoe and a six-year-old boy named Canaan, and he's incredible. And every night we kind of try to pray together and stuff like that. And the other night, this was literally my six-year-old's prayer. He goes, dear Jesus, thank you for me. It was just amazing. You know what I mean? Great theology. And uh, this is my wife, Nicole, on the next picture. And we have been married coming up on 10 years, people. Amazing. And people ask me all the time what ethnicity my wife is because they can't figure it out. Every country we go to, they think she's a native. They're like, where are you from? You know, and her father was an African-American from New Jersey, and her mother was a white European from Germany, military marriage. And uh, whenever people ask me, man, what is your wife? I always say she's half black, half white, super fine, and all mine. I'm just saying, that's who she is. That's who she is. We're going to have fun tonight. Is that all right? I think that uh, church is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. And we're going to go into the Bible here in just a moment. But just a little bit of backstory. I was born and raised in the great state of Indiana. And uh, thank you for the two, woo, you know. And I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 18 years old. And then I went to a college down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Incredible school, right on the water. It was more like a resort than a college campus. And uh, the motto was basically, the, the deeper your tan, the lower your GPA, okay? That was basically the motto of the, the school. And that was a school that I felt called by God into ministry. I graduated from there. I moved straight to Brooklyn, New York about 15 years ago and started interning at this church right in the inner city of Brooklyn. It was crazy. I mean, we were people, seeing people come right off the street, and we started this young adult ministry on Friday night. Over a 1,000 young people would show up. People were getting saved. It was crazy. There was a line wrapped around the block. People thought it was the club. We were like, come on in. It's going to be great. Yeah, we got music. Come on in, you know? <laughs> Girls, yeah, come on in, you know? And uh, it was wild times, man, in the inner city of Brooklyn. I mean, we had people come in and off the street getting saved. We had ex-drug addicts. We had ex-prostitutes. We had ex-gang members. I mean, that was just like our leadership team. It got worse after that. It was bad. It was crazy. And I don't know where you're at in your life and your journey, but as I just kind of reflect back on all the years of 
walking with Jesus. You know, I remember like a decision to believe in God. And I remember moments of trying to understand the forgiveness of God. And I remember talking about the grace of God. But if I could say one thing that really determined the course of my journey, I believe that it was this desire to try to hear the voice of God. That's what I want to talk about really quickly today is this idea of hearing God. It can get really weird and spooky and spiritual and complicated in church. And a lot of times we talk about prayer, which is not just talking, but also listening. And this can be hard for us. This is hard for me, listening to God. But I want to encourage you today that this is not a new struggle. This struggle has been going on for thousands of years. In fact, there was a guy in the Bible by the name of Habakkuk who had the same struggle. If you're here tonight and you're pregnant and you're looking for a baby name, <laughs> Habakkuk is a great choice, okay? And he's in the middle of political turmoil, social injustice, immorality everywhere, sound familiar? And he needs to hear from God. He's in this season where he does not know what to do. And maybe you would resonate with that. Perhaps you have a decision to make and you don't know what to make. Perhaps you are in a season of your life where you are confused and you need God to speak something to you. And this is Habakkuk. And this is what it says in chapter two. Can I read this to you? Do you love your Bible? Do you love your Bible more than your cell phone? My Bible's on my cell phone. I'm confused. It says this in chapter two, verse one. It says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. I want to read you one more verse. Proverbs 8.34 says this. Blessed are those who listen to me. What a great verse. I love the Bible. It's just simple. Blessed are those who listen to me. Somebody say listen. listen. Blessed are those who listen to me. Let me ask you a question. We're in church, so you have to be honest. Um, how many of you have ever been driving a car before or in the car with somebody else driving and you've been pulled over by the police? Just lift your hand. Unbelievable, Red Rocks. Every hand. I remember the very first time that I got pulled over by the police. I was 16 years old and I was speeding down the highway in Indiana and the speed limit was 50. I was going like 10 over, maybe 40 over, somewhere in between there. And typical teenager, I had the music turned up really loud. And I had the music up so loud that I couldn't hear the sirens behind me trying to pull me over. So I just kept driving. And the police behind me just assumed that I was running from them. So now all of a sudden there are three cop cars behind me. Finally, they pull me over. Next thing I know, my hands are on the hood and uh, they're reading me my rights. And it was great. It was an amazing memory. <laughs> funny now, not funny then to me or my parents. And I was just thinking on that, and it was crazy because really what was happening is my ability to hear was affecting my ability to respond. And can I tell you the same is true in our relationship with God. Our ability to hear God affects our ability to respond to God. I don't know if there's anything more vital in our life than us being able to hear from heaven what it is that God desires for our life. I'll be honest with you, looking back on my life, I would not have done half of the dumb stuff I did had I been able to hear the voice of God. You ever think about that before? 
Man, I would not have taken that job had I been able to hear. I would not have moved in with that roommate had I been able to hear. I wouldn't have entertained that business endeavor had I been able to hear. I would not have dated that person. Come on, somebody. Had I been able to hear from God. You ever been on Facebook before and you saw the person that you used to date and you just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we could praise God right now for every prayer he didn't answer in our life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is vital to hear the voice of God to understand the plan of God. But this is not always easy. I picked up my son from kindergarten the other day. He got in the car really excited. He goes, Daddy, Daddy, I got five stars at school. I said, that's amazing, son. Why'd you get five stars? He goes, because I was listening. I said, incredible. I'm proud of you. What did the teacher say today? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's not that he was listening. I think he just looked like he was listening. And this happens in church all the time. We get really good at looking like we're listening. Do you know just because you are listening to the sermon doesn't mean that you are hearing God? It is a spiritual sensitivity to hear what it is that God is trying to tell us to do. And this is a difficult thing to do, but when we hear, we start to act different and live different and talk different and decide different and pray different and lead different whenever we can hear him. You know, it's amazing. There was a study done at a university in San Francisco not that long ago, and I was reading this research article about it, and basically what it was saying was this principal decided to do this trial program. So he invites 10 teachers from the school into his office, and he says, hey, you're the 10 best teachers in the entire school, and we have selected the 10 best students in the entire school who have the highest IQ. We want you 10 teachers to teach these 10 students this curriculum over the next six months, and we want to see what the results are going to be. 10 great teachers, 10 great students. Let's see what happens. So they go about the study, and after six months, the results end up being off the charts higher than what they anticipated. And basically what happened was after the six months, the principal called the teachers in the office, and they said, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, teachers, we have a, a little confession to make. Uh, those 10 students that had the highest IQ, um, those actually were not our 10 best students. Those were just 10 average students. And the teachers were like, wow, they're starting to feel pretty good about themselves. Like, man, we did a really good job then, you know? And the principal said, uh, we have one other confession to make. Um, you're not the 10 best teachers in the school either. You're just 10 random average teachers that we chose. So the, they started to get kind of dumbfounded, like, well, how, how did this happen then if we just got average teachers teaching average students, how do we get above average results? And the reality is actually very simple. When you talk to people as they are, they stay as they are. But when you talk to people for what they could be, they end up becoming what they could be. And this is why we will always live up to the loudest voice in our life. And I don't know about you, sometimes you reach a moment 
in your journey where you have to look at people and say, you know what, I'm not so concerned about what she says or about what he says or about what they say. I'm concerned about what God says about me and I'm gonna live up to that voice. Come on, is anybody grateful for the voice of God? Clap your hands. I'm grateful for it. You know, John 8:47 says this, those who belong to God hear what God says. And if you do not hear him, it's because you do not belong to him. That's great news. Basically, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have the right to hear from heaven. No matter who you are here tonight, you can hear what it is that God is wanting to say to you and about you and for you. That is a beautiful thing. Now, I don't know how many people here grew up in church. Anybody here grow up in church like you were born in the third pew? I have learned that there are typically two types of people in church. The first one is the one that's like, I've never heard God speak. He's not speaking to me. He speaks to everybody else. He doesn't speak to me. How does he sound? I don't know how he sounds. Does he speak in an audible voice? Does he speak from the sky? Where does he speak from? I don't know. I've never heard him speak. I want him to speak, but he doesn't speak. He's just quiet. He's silent. God, why aren't you speaking? And then you got the other person who always hears God speak. Come on, have you ever met a weird Christian before? Lift your hand. If you're not lifting your hand, you might be that person. I don't know if it's either of those two extremes. I believe that whenever God speaks, I think it's a, it's a sacred thing. It's a, it's a delicate thing whenever God speaks. And I think he always is, but I think the challenge is we're not always responsive and attentive and listening to what it is that he is trying to say to us. You know, my wife and I have been married 10 years, like I said, but in our first year of marriage, I remember being on a date with my wife and we were at this restaurant and the lights were low and the music was playing and the candle was lit and it was romantic and she was gazing into my eyes and she was like, man, you are gifted. I was like, shoot, girl, tell me more. <laughs> no, you, you have a gift. I was like, what, 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 what gift? You know, you have a gift of selective hearing. <laughs> How many women know what I'm talking about? <laughs> selective hearing is when you consciously or subconsciously make a decision of what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Men have a spiritual gift in this area, I'm telling you. But I want to encourage you, we cannot do this in our relationship with God. We can afford to do it every once in a while with a person you cannot choose what you want to hear and don't want to hear from God. How many know that when he speaks something, we have to then do something? The Bible says we're not just to be hearers of the word, we are to be doers of the word. And that's what Habakkuk was. He went on top of this watchtower, heard something, and then did something with the very thing that he heard. But I have, I have good news for you tonight. I wanna let you know that God is not confined to a certain style of communicate. I want to just break this down for a quick second because in the Old Testament, he's speaking through wind and fire and bushes and prophets. In the New Testament, he's speaking through people and preachers and the Spirit and eventually the Savior of the world. And he still does that and can do that. And he often speaks through churches and pastors and services and problems and seasons of life and the scriptures. But God is not confined to these styles, but there was a, a book written called Whisper by Mark Batterson. He basically unpacks biblically the different languages 
of God. I want to give them to you really quick because I think this is going to help you. But oftentimes, whenever God speaks to us, he will speak in one of these six languages. And they're simply this, dreams, desires, and doors, people, pain, and promptings. This is what God will often speak to us through. If you're wanting to hear the voice of God, expect it to potentially come through one of these channels. Oftentimes pain in our life. Oftentimes even problems in our life. How many people here by a show of hands have at least one problem in their life? You got more than one problem, lift both hands. Okay? God will often speak to you through that problem in your life. But do not contain God to just a box, and this is how he's done it for somebody else, so this is how he will do it for me. God is God, and whatever he wants to do, he can do. God doesn't operate in the predictable or the routine or the status quo. He likes to interrupt our everyday lives and do something supernatural to surprise us. This is how God works. He's not confined to a certain style of communicating. I remember when I first got to New York, I convinced myself that I needed to buy a car. I don't know why, but I went to a used car salesman in Brooklyn, and that just increased my prayer life to a whole new level. <laughs> I bought this car, and I'm driving it off the lot, and I was in this season of life where, honestly, I was a bit disconnected from God and didn't really have peace. I was kind of doing my own thing, and I get in this car, and I'm driving it, and I see on the steering wheel there's different buttons, and one of the buttons says voice memo. I was like, wow, what is that? So I get out the manual. I'm reading the manual while I'm driving, you know, really safe. And it says that you can record a voice memo in the car and they'll play it back to you through the stereo. I was like, that's incredible. So I get the little screen above the radio and I see it and it says one voice memo unplayed. I was like, oh my gosh, wow. The guy before me forgot to erase all his voice memos. Interesting. So I'm driving down the road. All of a sudden I just hit play come booming out of the car stereo speakers is this voice. And it just says, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Accept him into your heart and you will have eternal life. I was like, what? I'm driving down the streets of Brooklyn and my car is preaching at me. It keeps going. It's like, if you own this car now, God has a plan for you. Be encouraged today. He's with you now and forever. I'm like, what in the world? How many have looked back on their life and say, when God wants to get my attention, he will get my attention. He'll speak through a car. He'll speak through a donkey. He'll speak through a person. Our God is always trying to do something new in our life. And you might be here tonight and say, yeah, it's cool and sounds good and it's kind of inspiring, but why? Why? There's 7 billion people on the planet why would God talk to me? What would be the purpose of that? And there could be many purposes, but if you study the scriptures, you will see that God has a different type of voice for different situations. In fact, you could easily break it down and say that God has a voice of direction, God has a voice of perfection, and God has a voice of correction. And they all three serve different purposes. His direction and when he speaks in that voice, he's trying to guide you. And when he's speaking in his voice of perfection, he's trying to grow you. And his voice of correction is trying to change you. And they're not separate. All three of them are intertwined. In other words, you can't listen to one and then ignore another. This is not how the voice of God works in our life. 
I'll give you an example. My wife and I, years ago, we were having a little bit of a dispute in our Brooklyn apartment. Uh, an argument, a heated discussion, if you will. In my family, we don't call it fighting. We call it intense fellowship. <laughs> and we're having this intense fellowship and like, you know, she said something and I said something and she said something and I said something and I end up walking out of the apartment. Now, because I was mad, I just had somewhere to go. So I just <laughs> walked out of the apartment and I went about my day and all of a sudden I realized that in, in a couple of days I was flying out to preach somewhere. So I sat down in this little coffee shop and I got my Bible out. I got my notebook out and I just started to study and I was like, God, show me what to do. And I started praying, God, what am I going to preach on? Just direct me to the right passage. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to direct your butt right back to that house to apologize to your wife. Why? Because I can't ask for his voice of direction and ignore his voice of correction. That's not how it works. You got to listen to all the different voices as they're coming together. And I don't know where you're at tonight and how well you are listening, but I believe that God has specific things that he wants to say to you. And he simply asks you to do what it is that song is telling us to make room for God to prioritize the presence of God in your life. You know, I fly a, a decent amount, and I don't know if you've been in the airplane recently, but they now have Wi-Fi, which is great, because everything that we can do down here, we can now do 30,000 feet in the air. And I was on this plane recently, and we kind of started to hit turbulence, and it was one of those bumpy flights. And it's always amazing to me that whenever you hit turbulence on a plane, all of a sudden, everybody's a Christian on the plane. You ever notice that? Like you could be sitting next to a stone cold atheist. You hit a bump and they're like, Jesus, you know, it's amazing. So the whole plane's calling on God, you know, doing the whole thing. And finally the plane just kind of evens out. And I noticed this woman sitting across from me and I'm kind of watching like what she's doing. Her laptop's out and she has a TV in front of her and little ear pods in and I'm just watching and kind of just observing and look. I was eavesdropping. I was eavesdropping her, okay? <laughs> and I, after watching her for a couple minutes, I realize all the different things that she is doing. She's literally watching a movie, texting a friend, listening to music, scrolling Facebook, and building her own website all at the same time. I had two thoughts. Number one, that is impressive. If I was hiring, I would hire her. But the second thought I had is, man, what a picture of the time that we live in now of being connected to anyone and everyone at all times, which is amazing. But I think we have to be so careful because when we are accessible to everyone, we aren't always available to God. And one of the hardest things to do is to block out all of the noise around us and turn up the volume of heaven and say, God, I need to hear you more than anything else in my life right now. This is what Habakkuk was doing. This is why he climbed up on top of a watchtower. And I know this is ancient culture. You probably haven't seen a watchtower in Denver anytime lately, but I want to show you a picture of one really quickly, just so you can see this and how it operates. They would basically put these towers on the edge of a city and they would often do this for military purposes. Don't miss this, because they would get up on the top, and if they got high enough, 
they could see the enemy coming before he arrived. And not only military, but prophets would get up on top of these watchtowers to get away from all of the noise and try to hear the voice of God. You know, somebody once said that prayer is just simply God whispering the future into your ear. That's what it is. And I don't know about you, but I know that your church has been talking about this idea of being in a fight and how the Christian life is not always easy, but you are signing up to be in a fight. Can I tell you one of the greatest fights you will fight is fighting the noise of this world to hear from heaven about what he really has for your life. Come on, does anybody believe that heaven is still speaking today? This was Jesus. Why do you think Jesus, the Bible says he woke up early in the morning. The Bible says that Jesus withdrew from the crowd whenever he got around too many people. The Bible says that Jesus went on top of a mountain. He did this so that he could hear from the Father. If Jesus perfect human being, had to do this to hear from God. How much more do we need to hear from God? We must, we have to. This is Jesus. This is our example. And oftentimes we get cluttered and complicated with everything else in this world, but Jesus is the example to follow. You know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not as the team just comes back out here. By the way, can we give it up for the worship team doing a phenomenal job? every single weekend. And, you know, in most American churches throughout our country, whenever they lose their lead pastor, which happens, people retire, people pass away. Sometimes there's moral failure. This happens. And in a lot of churches, what they do is they put together what they call a pastoral search committee, where they begin to look for a new lead pastor for that church. And typically in America, these committees have three criteria when looking for a new lead pastor. And that criteria is somebody that is married, somebody that has a seminary degree, and somebody that has at least three years, I'm sorry, five years of ministry experience. I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about Jesus. I was like, hold up a second. <laughs> this guy got no degree, he's got no wife, and only three years of ministry experience. Jesus would not even be qualified to pastor most churches in America. That's crazy. Perhaps God's qualifications are totally different than our qualifications. Can I tell you tonight that God is not looking for perfect people. He is looking for attentive people. People that are just willing to listen and then live out what they have heard. And this is tough. I'll be honest with you. I'm in a season of my life where I desperately need to hear from God about a few different things. I don't know where you're at, but I don't think any of us will ever arrive where we are educated enough or wealthy enough or connected enough where we don't need the voice of God. As a Christian, we are to walk around as the most dependent people on the planet. Yes, we have the power of God on the inside of us, but at the same time, we can do nothing apart from him. And we need to hear what it is that God is saying. We need to prioritize the presence of God in our life. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I've been trying to do a better job of this. Even how I start my day in the morning, which is often tough. How many people in here are morning people? 
How many people in here are not morning people? How many people are not even Christian until after 10 a.m. and a cup of coffee? And like a lot of people, I sometimes wake up in the morning and I kind of get on my phone, I check a couple emails, send a few texts, go on Instagram, do a few things. And, and I thought to myself the other day, man, why, why am I starting off my day so often distracted or discouraged or overwhelmed or discontent? And I realized because every time I pick up somebody else's voice instead of his voice, it alters how I live my life. I don't know about you, I want to prioritize his voice above every other voice in my life. But this requires a decision. A friend of mine who is a, a pastor in another part of the country, he told me this story where he was in his house one afternoon and this knock came upon his front door and he went to the front door and he opened it up and it was this young girl from his church and she said, hey, pastor, my dad, he's in the hospital and he's not doing well. I don't know if he's gonna make it. And I just wanted to see if you could come to the hospital and pray for him. And he's like, absolutely, I'll, I'll be right there. And he goes to the hospital. My friend walks in the room and he sees the guy laying on this bed and he starts talking to him and the guy's laying down. He says, pastor, pastor, I got a question for you. And man, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this and I've never really told anybody like, what I've been doing, but it's kind of about prayer. And, you know, I've heard a bunch of sermons about prayer and I've read some books on prayer, but I'll be honest with you. I don't really, I don't really fully understand it. Like this idea of talking and listening to God and how this whole thing works. And he goes, can I, can I just ask you a question? My friend goes, yeah, ab absolutely. Ask me, ask me the question. He goes, yeah. He goes, e every day I've been waking up in the morning and I've been doing this thing. He goes, I don't even, I don't know if it's okay, but you know, I just get a, I just get a chair and I just put it right in the middle of my living room and I get another empty chair and I put it right across from the other chair and I just sit in the chair and I just sit there and I just act like Jesus is in the other chair and I just talk to him and then I just kind of sit back and listen and just see if he has anything to say about me, about my life, about my future. And I just listen. And the guy looks up at my friend and goes, man, is that okay? Is that allowed? Is that like theologically accurate? And my friend was just like, man, that is one of the most beautiful, simple, sincere things I have ever heard. I guarantee you that delights the very heart of God. And it was amazing because just a couple days later, my friend was at his house and he heard that same knock on his door and he opened up the door and it was the young girl. And she goes, hey, pastor, I just come into let you know that my father, he, he passed away yesterday. And my friend said, how are you feeling? And she said, I'm feeling okay. And she went on to tell him, you know, the strangest thing happened in that hospital room yesterday. And my friend goes, what, what was it? She goes, yeah, I was with my dad. We were just talking and everything. And I went out to lunch and I came back and he had passed away. But when I walked into the hospital room, he wasn't on his bed. And I walked around the room and I saw my dad had passed away by the side of his bed on his knees with his head on an empty chair. And my friend just said, you know what? Man, your dad died in the presence of Jesus, probably listening to words of love and purpose spoken over his life.
And you know, the Bible says that often God speaks in a whisper. And the reason why God does that is not because he wants to make it hard for you to hear him, but the reason why God speaks in a whisper is because the only way to hear a whisper is if you get really, really close. And that's what, that's what God desires tonight, that you would just be close to him, that you would be in relationship with him. So I'm gonna ask you a question tonight. In fact, I'm gonna have you bow your head and close your eyes all over this place, but if you're here tonight and you feel distant from God, you don't have peace with God, I wanna invite you into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've been looking for fulfillment in this and that and the other, and tonight is your night for a fresh new start. Tonight is your night for God to do something brand new in your life as you come into a relationship with Jesus. If you're here and you don't know what God has been speaking, let me just tell you what I know for a fact on the authority of God's word. God has been speaking that he loves you and that he desires a relationship with you and that he longs to do life with you. So if you're here all over this place with your head bowed and you want this relationship with Jesus, the Bible says all we do is confess our sins and believe in our heart and we're given this brand new start and promised eternal life. And if that's you today, I would love the honor of praying with you and praying for you. So if you're here and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna ask you just to gently lift your hand up in the air really quick, just so I can see you. Just lift your hand in the air. Amazing, thank you, thank you. So many hands going up. I see you in the back. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am, incredible. You can put your hands down all over this place. Incredible. Church, can we stand to our feet in this moment? And as we stand, can we just celebrate and clap and cheer for these people making a life-changing decision? Come on, best decision of their life. Best decision of your life. We're gonna pray this prayer really big and together, nice and loud, nice and strong. So can you say it with me? Say, Jesus, come on, say, Jesus, I need you today. I thank you that you have a plan for me. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. By your grace, I am saved and by your power set free. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, can we congratulate people coming into the family of God? Amazing. 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 Right now, all over this place, I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes one more time. Take a deep breath, and right before we sing this song, I'd love just to pray for us. Maybe you're here, and it's been a while since you heard the voice of God. Maybe you're here, and if you're honest, you're in church, but your mind is somewhere else right now. And the enemy is trying to distract you and discourage you and overwhelm you. I wanna pray that God would speak words of life and comfort over you tonight. Maybe some of you that are grieving the loss of someone or a painful situation of a family member or a friend, I wanna speak that God would give words of peace over your life. Whatever it is, let's believe that God is gonna do something fresh in us right now. With your eyes closed, would you just lift your hands to heaven right now all over this place in faith and surrender? Jesus, we declare in your presence right now 
that your voice is more important than every other voice in our life. We thank you, God, that you not only love us, but you speak to us, that you have words for us, that you have plans for us, that you have dreams to speak to us. So right now, we declare and we decide to make space for you, to make room for you. We pray that your presence would invade our lives, that your power would come into our season. Right now, we receive it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.